Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast. My name is Anthony. And my name is Chris. Hi, Chris. Hello, Anthony. You're in a different location today. I am in a different location, and it's a different day. This is a, a special Thursday Thanksgiving release. Yeah, yeah. And I'm recording in my closet, because my room slash recording area, office area, is not ready. Mm. So if I sound a bit different, it's because... If I sound better, it's because my closet's awesome. If I sound worse, it's because, you know, the circumstances thereof. Yeah. And we'll work yeah, through yeah, it. Yeah. 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 So are you enjoying your home? You've been so in far. It for a week and a half, right? This week. I moved in this week, I yeah, think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, because we've had workers in it uh, doing some, some basic stuff. And now we're moving in. And moving in was a fiasco they're all fiascos <laughs> yeah the guys so we hired so i moved a lot of it myself we're not moving very far less less than a mile actually but i have i don't know if i've mentioned it before i have an old back injury so i can move boxes i can it's good i could do that all day and then the next day i need to lay down right so i moved a bunch of boxes but what i decided was i'll hire local movers to move the furniture like the heavy stuff so i don't have to rely on anybody I don't have to rent a truck. I mean, I'm paying more for them and their truck, but I don't have to worry about hurting myself on accident, over overstraining sure. my back. They were supposed to be on location between noon and one o'clock. So just after two o'clock and they hadn't shown up, call the office. Like, hey, they're like, oh, they're supposed to be there already. Oh my goodness. Let me let me get a hold of them and see what's happening. Like, okay, appreciate it. An hour later, we get a call from them and they're like, oh, we're just leaving our other work site in city that is an hour and a half away. And we'll, we'll give you a call when we're, you know, 10, 15 minutes out, but it'll be at least an hour and a half, you know, for us to drive back to the city. So all all said and done, they showed up just over three hours late. Excellent. They got it done very quickly. I was, I was pretty happy with their speed once they were there, but they just, yeah. So that happened. That was all Monday of last week. And you're right. So I guess it has been a week and a half. It just feels like a week. And I... Suddenly had an hour, hour and a half of free time, so I played some Halo. Okay. It launched that day semi-unexpectedly. Yeah. And every day since then, it's just been little things, you know, getting stuff unpacked. Got to have all the carpet tore out, so I don't know how much stuff to unpack. It's been a bit... Like, normally you move and you just unpack. If you unpack a box, you unpack a box. But now I'm like, well, do, is this box going to just have to get repacked or moved around yeah. in a few weeks? So it's been a bit slower than normal trying to figure out what I need versus what I can wait on, blah, blah, blah. But yes, Welcome. home ownership. I'm an adult <laughs> Welcome. now. Yes. You're, you are now part of the landowning elite. <laughs> yes. If that's what we are, then here I am. I'm, hey, I just, I'm just happy to no longer be paying someone else's mortgage, Look, paying my own I'm, mortgage. You just got to think about it like this. From now until the day you die, unless you sell that house, you have at least, at least... One hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> at least. Let's, yeah, I, my I inflation goes. Uh, I have at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have six figures at any point. So congratulations. Yeah, let's just hope yeah. that six figures is important <laughs> for the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, you know, eventually when the when society breaks down and you know the roving cannibal bands will. Well, then I'll have a a building that's fortified. So I mean, yeah. even then, that's that's valuable, right? <laughs> I got a garden in the back. Speaking of roving cannibal bands, uh, we have a mutual friend who let me borrow his Xbox One because oh. he hasn't played it in like two, three years, and uh, it came with it's the like the his day one purchase. Oh, nice! And so 
I got I, I tried playing some games and it was just running really really slow. So I, I yeah. actually ripped out the hard drive and put it. I cloned an, uh, a solid Samsung state. SSD in it. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Uh, well, it's faster. Fallout Four still takes forever to load. Uh, <laughs> for what it's that worth. game is <laughs> not good. Uh, well, that's wrong. But uh, we're not here to talk about games that Anthony well, plays that aren't good. I didn't say the the game itself is good. Like the ideas behind it are good, but it is not the most well built or optimized game. Did you know that the they're not helicopters, but the the vertebrates, the vertebrates, those are just dragons from Skyrim. They're the same yeah. physics and everything, and they just have them. They just look like vertebrates. It's like the engine is everything's just kind of hodge to hodgepodge together. And when you played Fallout New Vegas, did you ever side with the NCR? Okay, you're nodding. Excuse uh, me. Uh, yes, I was. Uh, okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to narrate what you were doing for the for the audience. The that tram. That would take you from New Vegas, the New Vegas Strip, to yeah. Camp McCarran. That was actually just an NPC. Oh, yes. With, with a giant tram head that would just walk on a track. Yeah, so. I, I remember that. Yeah, that's clever. And I get it. It's all cleverness. It's just that I think my, my bit is that I'm glad that supposedly they're moving away from that engine for the next one. Because it's uh, starting to show. If you have the same engine you made Morrowind on. Well, I... I've actually got a, the thing about the creation is we're going to get way off topic in this episode is the things that it allows them to do are things that no other open world game can do. For example, I've played The Witcher 3 and it's a fantastic game and it's this huge immersive place. And I've also played Cyberpunk 2077 or whatever the heck that game's called. And uh, yeah, they're huge open world and look cool, but like nothing happens in my opinion. Like it's all like the NPCs are just literally NPCs. Whereas in Fallout, if I kill an NPC in a settlement and I loot his body and I pick up all of the stuff off his body and then I just throw it back on the ground because I didn't want it. If I come back to that NPC's body in like a few in-game days, all that stuff is still there. It's persistent. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in like when The Witcher, the NPCs were literally just graphics that moved around. Like nothing was important in my opinion. But I get you. Where are you today? This Thanksgiving day. I am at home. My family will come over. Um, this will be my second time hosting Thanksgiving because the first time I hosted it, we moved into the house. And then yeah. the second time, uh, Corona. <laughs> so my wife and I spent Thanksgiving by ourselves. Okay, cool. I don't know about you, but my Thanksgivings are always kind of strange because my family comes over and we eat like lunch and then they just disperse. Like everyone leaves. Like we, it's not that we don't like each other. Everyone comes over and they eat and then they just go away. They're like, all right, nice. well, thanks for the that meal. Cool. I'm going to go home. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas a kid, when I was a kid, you know, we would unpack the Christmas decorations, get everything kind of set up and running. But, yeah. you know. So my grandmother's in town, whom I haven't seen in some years. Uh, my grandmother and my aunt. So I'm going over my parents for Thanksgiving. They'll be there. So I expect it'll be a little the same old thing. We're doing, my mom will cook the main course but she won't, she won't cook sides or desserts, so we all bring sides and desserts. So right. we'll do that. So pretty normal. Enjoy a few hours over there. And then I'm the first to leave <laughs> pretty normally. Well, there's only so much. I mean, I take a nap, and then I'm like, all right, I can nap at home. Well, years and years of not really having time off and not really getting vacation. You know, you only spend – you get a four-day weekend. You only want to spend some of it not at home <laughs> with Fair quiet enough. and – uh, and then tomorrow, the day after Thanksgiving, I'll be hosting Friendsgiving for the first time. Mm. 
and I can't remember how long because I haven't really been in town and other people have had uh, better hosting spaces for that. So having a bunch of friends over, I'm hoping that uh, hoping that you actually show up. That'll be cool. Yeah. I think yeah. that'll be the first time we've been to a Thanksgiving together in at least four or five years. Longer than that. Yeah. Since yeah, at least. Yeah. It's been a while. You know, our core friends that would host that, they kind of, they went their own path. We went our own path. So uh, it's all coming, it's all coming back together. So. And some of their paths may have taken them off the deep end. Yes. Some of them have definitely gone <laughs> off the deep end, but that's not, I, I wanted to ask about Thanksgiving since, you know, this is, I think we deliberated somewhat briefly about whether or not to even release this episode on a Thanksgiving. Uh, but there's plenty of people who aren't going to be with family or want an excuse to put headphones in and hang out yeah. with someone else for a little while. So here we are hanging out and talking about whatever. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday mm. because there are almost zero obligations. That's fair. There's no special ceremony. There's no gift giving. There's no real ritual besides let's eat. I'm like, yeah, I can get behind I can get behind this ritual. I do that every day. Every day. 364 days a year, I practice for Thanksgiving. And then it comes around and I nail it every time. I, I mean, there, there are opportunities where I may forget to do so. You eat, you eat at least once a day, even if it's a snack. Well, when I, uh, well we're really going to get deep on this one. But when I lost 75 pounds, sure, there were days where I wouldn't eat at all. Not because I was like, oh, I can't eat because I need to lose weight. I didn't realize at the time that I was essentially doing intermittent fasting. Because oh. I, would, I would wake up, eat a big breakfast, and I wouldn't eat anything else for the day. And then sometimes I'd forget to eat that big breakfast. And then so I'd go the entire day and then it'd be like midnight and I'm still playing Destiny and I'd be like, I should probably eat. Yeah, I should, <laughs> I should, I should eat, do something. I should eat, I should eat today. Now I'll just eat yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, a, that's the biggest thing with, with losing weight because I know you have and I, I've lost a good bit. Not 75 pounds, not yet anyways, but just getting used to being hungry and getting used to being like, you know, I don't have to eat just because it's seven o'clock and that's when I've eaten every day for the past 20 years. <laughs> I don't have to do that, you know. Yeah. These little rituals aren't important when it comes to your health. So, I don't think I have I don't think I'm going to lose 75 pounds. I just did some math in my head. I don't think that adds up. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I weighed I I remember the day I started, I weighed 242 and the day I ended, I was like 144 or something oh, wow. to that effect. So I haven't maybe been 175 pounds exactly. Sure. Uh, oh, well. I don't I peaked at I peaked at and now we're getting we're just getting in the weeds. We're getting the weeds. So I, I graduated high school, skin and bones, skin and bones, 160 and change. So I don't expect to ever get below. I don't ever expect to get back that low. But I peaked at 260 earlier this year, and I've lost just about 30 pounds. So, Hell yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. It's good now stuff. I, I hover around 205, 206. Yeah. That's yeah, a healthy weight for me. Yeah. You went down to 140? Yeah. Like how, oh wow. Like you just nothing. Just just the way you you were you were a wisp <laughs> no, in the like, wind. No, like I I remember you I talking mean, about I, your goal being like one seventy five, one eighty. Yeah. No, I, I got to I got to around I got to one forty four and then I was like, This is too low. Yeah. And then, so I started getting a little heavier, but sure. you got guns like these, buddy. Ugh. Yeah. Oh look, they go up instead of down now. Good job. He's showing off his extreme, like uh, abnormally pale biceps. <laughs> well, you know, like when I was in Virginia, only the front of me got tanned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you do those long road trips where your left arm just gets red, and you're looking at your right arm, like, come on, buddy, hold on a second, catch up, catch up. Why can't we drive on this side of the car? <laughs>
now that we've wasted 15 minutes on this intro, do you want to tell the people what we watched this week? We watched The Wheel of Time, which is an American epic fantasy television series on Amazon Prime Video. If I recall correctly, this is actually our first Amazon Prime show. Like, we've watched Amazon Originals, like The Tomorrow War. I think this is the first show, mm. like the first television series or or web television series, however we've determined what it's called, on Amazon Prime that was an Amazon Prime original that I'm doing is, the air quotes. Is Age of the Living Dead not an Amazon Prime original? Is it just distributed there in America? I don't know. Well, now uh, I'm doing something I thought I would never do again. Which is look up. Uh, <laughs> looking up Age of the Living Dead. While you're looking that up, I'm just going to go ahead and tell everybody that on our podcast, the Sci-Fi Wise Guys, we watch and review science fiction and science fiction adjacent movies, web television, television, short films, any sort of the visual entertainment media. We usually do it on the streaming services, but occasionally we find other ways to watch them. For shows, we only watch the first episode, unless there's some very specific reason why we don't. Like if it's got six episodes and those episodes are 20 minutes, we'll just watch the whole thing. But... I have never read a single Wheel of Time book. I actually have the first one, I think, somewhere in this house that my uncle bought me, I'd say, 15 years ago. But if, if I remember correctly, you are actually a big fan of the series. Is that right? That's... I, would, I wouldn't call... I, would, I am a fan, yes. Okay, yeah. Well, let me, you are a bigger fan than I am because you actually know <laughs> uh, things about the books. I've read... The vast majority of the novels. I think I, I've got the last couple to get through. So okay, I, I've got the last couple to read, I should say. This, that series, of course, being the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan, R.I.P. Yes, the, this is a, a rare instance where a fantasy television show is actually named after the book series and not just the a book name of the first <laughs> book. Yeah. <laughs> Although from what I can tell, what I can see, this first season is covering the first book it looks like mm. the eye of the world okay yes to throw out some facts we're recording this this just aired yesterday so this is fresh off the presses if you will they released three episodes i think every week they'll release one new episode for a total of eight in the uh, first season here it's been renewed for a second and a third season as far as i can google foo over on imdb with just over 8,200 votes, it is sitting at a 7.5 with a median of 9. Now, 45% of the votes are 10 out of 10, which you know feels a little bit like tampering or a little bit like a bunch of fans just roll, rolling in and rating it a 10 without actually watching it. But that is it is what it is. Rotten Tomatoes, it is sitting at 69% fresh with an 83% average audience score. Okay, okay. Metacritic, 55 Metascore based on 21 critical reviews and user score of 8.0 based on 75 rating. Nice. To uh, to get the give the blurb out for anyone who doesn't know what Wheel of Time is, the IMDb blurb reads, Set in a high fantasy world where magic exists, but only some can access it, a woman named Moraine crosses paths with five young men and women. This sparks a dangerous world-spanning journey based on the book series by Robert Jordan. Do you have any other blurbs? Is there an Amazon Prime blurb that's different or... Uh, 
set in epic fantasy world, the Wheel of Time follows Moraine, open parentheses, Rosamund Pike, close parentheses, a member of the incredibly powerful all-field male organization called the Aes Sedai. As she arrives in the small town of Two Rivers, period, there, comma, she embarks on a dangerous, comma, world-spanning journey with five young villagers, one of whom is prophesied to be the Dragon Reborn, dot, 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 the one who will either save or destroy humanity. So I only counted four. Who's the fifth? Spoilers. Oh, I only watched the first episode. Me too. So I, I, okay. But I mean, I've read the book, so I know. <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so maybe yeah. maybe in the second episode, we get another one. I don't know. But I only counted four of the, the core four as they were leaving. Right, so. right. Them's the facts. Why don't you, dear Christopher, mm-hmm. give us your initial thoughts and opinions on this pilot okay. episode? So as I said earlier, I don't know anything about this series other than the fact that it is a spanning book series. In fact, there are, I'm just going to go ahead and count them. There were 11 books published up until Mr. Jordan's death. And then there, I believe, were a few more released afterwards. They were completed by another gentleman named Brandon Sanderson, who as far if I remember reading about this once that he knew Robert Jordan or something to that effect. Something to so, that effect. And just a small, like there are 11, 11 books completely written by Mr. Jordan plus a prequel yes. novel. So 12 total oh, novels. Okay. okay, cool. The last book slash three books that Brandon Sanderson finished, Robert Jordan had written outlines and bits of it. Like mm. it wasn't like completely new uh, material for uh, Brandon Sanderson. And Robert Jordan's wife, who was also his editor, also had a big hand in those final novels, making sure that okay. they all they all came together. Cool, cool. So I think uh, my impressions of the show, I think are overall positive. I like most of the actors. I still don't understand how in 2021, the only way for us to have a fantasy movie is for have everyone to have a British accent. I still can't figure out why that's a thing. Like, who cares if your character has like a, like a New York accent? Like, it wouldn't be that much immersion breaking for me. It just, it just wouldn't. I just want to go ahead and throw that out there for anyone who's listening. <laughs> I, I just don't get it. I just sure. don't understand. But I'm actually going to change. I'm going to change my method up a little bit here. The first thing I'm going to do is I, I want to talk about the world building. And then I'm going to talk about how like they execute on that world. So I watched this last night around 730. Um, it was right after the first episode of the second season of Tiger King. So I wanted to have a fresh palette, right? Apparently, in this world, there are people who have powers, and there are people who don't have powers. And how those powers manifest appear to be in the form of, uh, for lack of a better term, magic. Right? And only women are allowed to like are allowed to have this power because they're the only ones that are capable of like controlling it effectively. And then there was a man who went by the name Dragon, who apparently was a bad guy, B B E G, and he's dead. But apparently. In this world, whenever you die, your soul or your your you, whatever, you get resurrected. That's why they call it the Wheel of Time, because the wheel keeps turning. And that eventually he's going to be reborn into another body. Whether that's going to be a, a, a man or a woman or male, male or female. And no one knows, right? Uh, I think that's cool. I think that's a really interesting concept. I like the idea of reincarnation. Personally, if I want to go ahead and just peel back the kimono a little further, I actually pretty much believe in reincarnation. Mm. It's just the whole idea, like, if you think about it, scientists have been telling us for years that the Big Bang, right, there was just one big explosion of energy. So all the energy that's ever existed, like, 
is because of the Big Bang. So that means that everything gets recycled because eventually, you know, that energy is going to run out and then supposedly there'll be another like explosion and then blah, 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 blah. So it makes sense that when you die, whatever energy that you have in your body just goes on to the next person. That's how I feel. It's my opinion. Sure. So I really, I really like that. I thought that was, I think that's a cool concept. Um, the idea of only women being able to control this power. If I remember right, there's a wheel of time, first person shooter. Which serious? I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember like being a kid, and I was like, "Wow, that's cool." And then I was, and then I read that the main character was a woman or a girl, and I was like, "Okay, interesting." But I never had the chance to play it. I, I think at the time I wasn't, I didn't have a strong enough PC. Nineteen ninety nine. It's got a seven point three out of ten on IGN. Yeah, you, I, yeah. I, yeah, you might, you might like it. <laughs> yeah, well, sure. No, I really like how they executed on that. I think that's probably going to upset a certain subset of people <laughs> that only women can have this power. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, I'm sure there's a reason for that. I, I, again, I, I haven't read any of the books. I don't know any in particular. I don't know the particulars. And then in terms of how they execute on that, like, because so far we've only had like one real location, which was the mountains. Right. We're in a we're in a small, sleepy little village, like in a valley. There's a bunch of mountains around them. So we haven't had any big set pieces. So I think so far as they introduce us into this show, they managed to get some really good actors. Roos Bolton comes in from Game of Thrones. Uh, we're 35 minutes in. Congratulations for anyone who's keeping track. I think he did a really good job. Um, I really like Rosamund Pike. I've always enjoyed her work. Our boy Daniel Henney who plays a character named Lan Mandragoran. Cool. I think he does a really good job of being your stoic. I, I assume he's 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 her bodyguard. Like, oh, I assume. I don't know anything about him. But I, I really like how the characters kind of shape the story as we move forward. Like how in Star Trek, the ship is a character, right? Not only is the ship like the set, but the Enterprise is also a character. Well, so far, we don't have any of that. The story's being delivered to us, and then like the actors are what move that forward. The characters, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that so far. You know, we talked about Game of Thrones just a second, or I talked about Game of Thrones just a second ago. But like, I don't remember what the place is called, wherever they're from. Like King's Landing is a character in the in in the show or in the sure. books. How in Sex in the City, the city itself is like another character. Yeah, in the story. <laughs> <laughs> but like you know, like but things take place in Winterfell. Like, oh, this is going to be a Winterfell centric episode. You know, sure. Like, oh, we're in sure we're at the Wall, right? Whereas in this, the fact that we're in a village, like it, it all kind of starts off like I, I, it's going to sound wrong when it comes out of my mouth, but like this first episode seemed like what's it called? Like a day zero session of a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, right? Oh. Like everyone rolls their characters. And then, you know, you're just like, oh, now we're having a big party. And then all of a sudden, spoilers, monsters attack. And now we have to leave. And now we're going to start our adventure. So that's what it felt like kind of towards the end. But no, I uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to watching episode two and three. So and then, you know, hopefully the rest of the episodes as they come out. So cool. How about you? Uh, I didn't hate it. <laughs> okay. I think as just taking, you know, before I go into it. You were actually, you caught on a lot to the lore pretty quickly for how light, like, I felt like they gave a lot more lore at the very beginning of this episode than they do at the very beginning of the book, and that's okay. The paces, the pacing of the book is, does not, or the books, does not match well with the uh, the visual medium. 
The only thing I think you got a little wrong, and they haven't really explicitly stated, is that the dragon is not a, the big bad evil guy. Okay. He was the dragon is a title given to a great warrior in a past age or what have you who mm. is going to be re- like I don't want to give too much away but the 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 dragon reborn the new dragon could go either way. Sure. Um so that's that's the the whole bit there but Well they give that away in the in the blurb. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The one who will either save or destroy humanity. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. And there's a bunch of reasons for that and that um, I'll let you I'll let you experience it. Taking it just as it is, without any relation to the novels or any foreknowledge, I liked it. I enjoyed it. It's not quite the level of quality I was hoping for. And by level of quality, I mean that I was hoping for, but not expecting. That's that's a bit much. But I was hoping for something just perfect, right? And it was never going to be that. I think that as a show, it's great. I'm really looking forward to watching more. In fact, I, I was tempted to watch the second episode last night. Uh, but I wanted to I wanted to stay good for this uh, for this recording just just watch the pilot so I will watch the second and third episodes uh, some point this weekend I'm looking forward to to finishing out the season to see what uh, see what's going on and I think all of your other points stand I, I really enjoyed the immediate kind of exposition that was given before I uh, go and start comparing it to the the first book the Eye of the World I did a little a little digging and this first episode that we watched covers about 150 pages. <laughs> so things are moving at a very different pace, right? Things are, are progressing quite, quite quickly. According to Wikipedia, the paperback version of eye of the world has 782 pages. The hardback is 702 paper pages. There you go. But that's the equivalent of 305, 902 or 305,902 words. Yeah. So if there's going to be eight episodes, I think that's probably going to cover the first book, I would assume. Looking at the episode names, I think the last episode is titled The Eye of the World, which is the name of the first book. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I imagine that's that's where it ends. And it's a good stopping point for a season. Okay. So they're moving at a very brisk pace. They have changed some lore. I don't know if that's for better or for worse yet. They have changed some of the characters' backgrounds, but not who they are as people, if that makes sense. If anything, they're accelerating some of the character growth. Because, you know, in a in how many of our 14 novels, how much time do we spend with this one character in their head? Tons, right? Like, we can sit here with Perrin and have a chapter where it's just him mulling over things in his head and and coming to conclusions and explaining how he acts, why he acts, what why he makes choices the way he does, mm -hmm. this whole thing. We can spend as much time as we want on it. In a television show or movie or or whatever, you, you can't really do that. Like, we couldn't spend a whole episode <laughs> with Perrin just sitting out there thinking about things as he's walking along a path. So they instead give him a completely different backstory. They make him married. They added a whole new character of his wife. And then he spoilers, I guess, for the show, because this is not in the books. And then when, during the Trolloc attack, uh, he accidentally kills his wife. He's got that blood rage. Yeah, yeah. So obviously none of that happens in the book or any of the, well... Yeah, none of that happens in the book, but <laughs> it still fits his character. It still accelerates his character growth. 
and and kind of where he ends up, where where he will need to end up in at the end of the season or season two or three without being able to spend an episode or four on it. Uh, Matt, coming from an, a kind of abusive background, that's completely new, but also cements who his character is probably a little better and a little quicker. So these are these are changes to the character's backstories without really changing who the character fundamentally is, which means I'm I'm okay with it. Like I I appreciate it that they're trying to translate the ideas of who these people are while not being able to stay 100% true to the the literal events. Now, if they do eventually change who the characters fundamentally are, I might have a different opinion about everything. But as of right now, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm pretty happy with it. I don't, uh, uh, you know, I'm not expecting a one-for-one recreation of the novels, mostly because we don't have a thousand years to create this. <laughs> I mean, like you said, there's a lot, there's a lot. There's entire uh, subplots that are probably going to be cut, and that's fine. We see that with, I mean, we saw that with Lord of the Rings, right? Three-hour-long movie to translate a book, and they cut huge pieces of it. Whole characters, right. scenes, let's just get this going, right? They're doing that here maybe a bit more harshly, but they also have a lot more book to cover if they decide they want to do, if they eventually are able to do the entire series. I hope that it stays of good quality or better, right? I hope it only gets better from here so that we can get the entire series. I don't think we're going to get a season per book. I think eventually, and there's a, some, some slower novels around 9, 10, 11 that... Uh, or 8, 9, 10, if I'm remembering correctly, where you could probably combine some things and do a couple of books in a season. But we're still looking at 10 seasons to cover everything. And that's just a lot. That's a lot, a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, with eight episodes, <laughs> like I expected at least a 10 episode season, you know? Like think about the difference in pacing with eight one hour long episodes versus 10 one hour long episodes. Hopefully yeah. this first season does well and we're able to get slightly longer seasons. Uh, for the next few that'll I think that'll make a huge difference in the quality well I think also whenever you do stuff like that you also I assume that you change production of like the ability to produce more like the thing we've talked about I think prestige television is the future Disney's already leaning into it yeah they're doing these kind of short episode Marvel things but I mean that everyone talked about the Mandalorian right everyone talked about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision. Everyone's excited for Hawkeye. Yeah. So I like except the it, haters it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, yeah. Uh, they're gonna change Hawkeye into a girl. <laughs> no, I think um, like that's the way to go. And I think like you you can instead of making a three hour movie, which I'm all about. Like we watched we watched Dune. You know that was two and a half hours, and that was great. I liked it. I like longer movies when I can pause them, right? And so if you give me an hour and a half episode of television or a series every week, I really liked the first couple episodes of Sherlock, that show that came out on the BBC, because I was getting these long stories with all this, with action or just character interaction. And I could get like a 15 minute scene with Sherlock and Watson, where in a 45 minute show, that'd be like, it's too much. Two minutes of dialogue? Like if you were to cut that, if you were to re resize that the scene into a smaller slot, it would be like a two minute scene. You know, maybe that works for some things, but it wouldn't work for a big production like this where you need to have, if, if you've got a, like an 800 page novel, you need to be able to convey that information. Yeah. 
I see what you're saying. And I want to reiterate, I know I called these hour long episodes. I meant literally this first episode was 54 minutes. Mm-hmm. The next one's 57. The third episode is 58. So they're all sticking to that 55 to 60 minute long episode. So these are full chunks. This isn't the hour long block. That's actually 42 minutes or 44 minutes or whatever they are. They are using that time and no commercial breaks that I you know, was able to see. No, I didn't see any either. So the things that I get kind of uppity about that I'm like, mm, that's different than the books <laughs> as I adjust my oversized glasses. Uh, <laughs> some of me, sir. <laughs> some of the changes to the lore are a bit odd, and I, I don't know where they're going with it. Like, so in the novels, the dragon reborn is a man. Like, there's no doubt. Like, it has to be a man, if that makes sense. Just mm-hmm. the way that that character works and the the way that the magic system works, the dragon reborn is a man. So here they say it could be a boy or a girl, I think is her exact words. And so that that serves a purpose of bringing along Egwin on their journey uh, without having to have a different motivation. But it also fundamentally changes kind of the, the, the lore behind the magic system in the Wheel of Time universe, which is personally one of the more interesting kind of mad i want to keep calling a magic system because I, I can't think of another term but it's one of the more interesting magic systems out there it's a lot there's a lot of thought put into it right it's not lord of the rings where gandalf is just a being of power and energy with powers that seem to fit the plot of the at the time at least in the books or excuse me at least in the movies yeah like there's set rules they're very strict and i really I really liked that about it. There's still some mystery and whatnot, but there's there's at least a, a set of ground rules to, to work with. Um, and so having that change kind of mixes it a little bit. Something that the the red-cloaked Ace Sedai at the ver- in the intro said about the man touching the, the source, touch, using the magic power called the one source, and making it filthy also contradicts some lore bits that I don't have an hour to explain to you <laughs> all of everything that's going on. I don't know what they're changing there. I'll be disappointed if they do change anything just because, like I said, it's something I enjoyed about the novels. So at least, and it's such a big part of the world. Like you said, some people have magic, some people don't, but it's not just, you know, so spoilers for later, later stuff um, that you could probably guess. The Aes Sedai aren't the only sect right of magic users there are other yeah. sects who are using the same source of magic but they're they might go about it differently or learn it differently so at the beginning yeah when they're chasing some individuals down they're on horseback and these guys are on foot yeah there's uh the red cloaked women yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You, i don't know if it's a spoiler or not, but are they also a Sedai or whatever they're called all of them yeah Okay, because their method seemed significantly different than Moraine's yes. method. So, like, I'm wondering, like, because if I if I remember correctly, the person who's leading the chase is the one that says you touch that power and you make it filthy. So, I'm wondering if, like, did they so much change the lore as so much as they're like these people are extremists, mm. and then and then Moraine is more of like a because I it, it, from what it looked like. Yeah, maybe that guy was crazy because he's like, just don't hurt this other dude. 
And then they're like, there isn't anyone next to you, man. You're crazy. So, so they, all right. So they so kill him, right? Yeah. Well, no, they don't. They don't. Well, I hope not. So let's let's get into it. <laughs> we, we can talk about the lore a little bit. It's it's not. Okay. It's nothing that will. It's something that's the stuff that's revealed over the course of a book or two, but it's not not going to hurt anything. So the the man touches the source versus a woman touching the source or using it. They use it differently. The source is usually portrayed as being a, a yin yang type symbol. But without the extra, how do I put it? Without the extra white and black in each side. So one side's black, one side's solid white. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. One side, and I forget. It's like there's names for everything: side in and side R, and all this. But I, I don't, I don't remember which side's which. But it doesn't matter. The women use one half of it, and men have access to the other half, and it implements differently and in different ways. But they use different halves. The big war with where the guy Lewis Theron or what have you who became who was called the Dragon. They defeat the Dark One or the Dark Lord, and because of the way he did it, the Dark Lord was able to taint the male half of the source. So any men who are sensitive and are able to use magic and are able to touch their part of it, the taint mm-hmm. affects them and drives them mad. In fact, okay. it, it drew the dragon mad to the point where he killed everyone in his palace, his family, his wife, his kids, everybody, and then tried to, uh, this is the prologue of the first book, so it's not, uh, sure, definitely not spoilers, but he, he essentially tries to erase himself from existence and his grief after he realizes what he did and destroys everything around him and creates this huge mountain. And there's a, the dragon mount or what have you. It's this big, tall mountain in the middle of nowhere where there shouldn't be mountains. That's the whole bit is that that, that man that they're chasing down is a magic user. He is mm-hmm. able to touch the source and use it, but it's driving him mad. That's why he thought there was someone with him. Voices, okay. and they talk to themselves, or they talk to other people that aren't there, that type of thing. Because they're going mad, and the men are typically more powerful than the women they end up hurting a lot of people, right? So okay. a, a lot of them will claim to be the dragon reborn and cr- and have little cults that surround them, that type of thing. And they obviously they cause a lot of destruction. So the, the Aes Sedai are broken up into different subgroups called Ajas. And I'm, I might have mispronounced that. But the red uh, says Aja is what it says right here on the Wheel of Time wiki because I looked up that word. The red Aes Sedai, or the red Aja, they hunt down men who use magic. Mm. That's their whole thing. But they don't kill okay. them. They just cut them off from being. They like oh, cut them okay. off from Sweet. using the magic power, which does have a lot of negative side effects. But has the big positive effect of they're no longer crazy, or they're not going to get any more crazy. Uh, they stay sure. as crazy as they are, and uh, you know they can't use magic to hurt anyone. So when she says when he touches it, he makes it filthy. That doesn't hit the fit the lore because she, her part of anything she could touch or any magic she could use wouldn't be tainted because it's separated. Um, and the whole thing with the dragon being a man reborn, that's just the prophecy. Um, and so the dragon being the most powerful male magic user of his time and the dragon reborn me, being the most powerful of their time, if they go crazy, <laughs> they could kill a lot of people and cause a lot of problems. So It could be problematic. It could be a little problematic. Yeah, thank you for using that <laughs> word again. But yeah, so and as you saw with Moraine, she was wearing blue. So they, they're just a different, a different Aja, a different sect. Cool. There's like, I think there's six or seven. Yeah. Blue, green, yellow, red, white, gray, and brown. Checkerboard? They got checkerboard? Yeah, checkerboard in here. Some plaid. And there's interactions between them. They all have slightly different 
Like they're all part of the same overall religious group, if you will. Just different, but they have different, different sex sex within it, where they yeah. yeah they have different causes and different opinions about things and yada yada yada. Okay. Anyway, so there's a whole bunch of lore I wasn't expecting to share, but <laughs> you see, that's a little. It, it might be different in the show. It might not. It could just be kind of throwaway lines to be. I don't know. I don't know where they're gonna go with it. it could mean nothing. No, I mean it. Like I. It looks cool. That's why yeah. I was saying like it, it was, I immediately recognized that. Yeah. They're cause they both, they Moraine and whoever that lady on the, the other one was, they both had the ring. I assumed that meant they were part of the same group. Right. But then it just, I was like, these people's methods appear to be very different than Moraine's method. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. That's it's nifty. It's nifty stuff. If, if you don't have the book, I do. I'll definitely let you borrow it if you feel okay. like it. It's pretty good. I think another reason that they made a lot of some of these changes is that that first, I don't know, quarter to a third of the first book, really like the first book, a lot of it, it's very much inspired by Lord of the Rings. Mm, okay. You know, it starts off, there's the Black Rider, there's the small town of people who are secluded and don't have any interactions with the outside world and don't see why they should have any interactions with the outside world. There's the yeah. magic user who comes to town during a celebration. There's a lot of analogs there. And I think that they were trying very hard not to have those analogs, but also not accidentally analog Game of Thrones. I think they've hit a, <laughs> a decent middle ground where it's 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 not Game of Thrones. It definitely doesn't feel like Game of Thrones. It also doesn't feel like Lord of the Rings. I didn't get vibes from either one. Maybe really the didn't. closest thing would be the, the letter for the king, <laughs> which I enjoyed. So I'm not upset about that. I didn't get any Lord of the Rings vibes. I didn't get any Game of Thrones vibes. I did laugh out loud uh, at one of my own jokes because when they showed whoever that the the hooded writer, oh, yeah. the weird looking nose, face, mouth thing. Um, I was like, oh, look, it's Lord Voldemort. Yeah. The same thing was said in my living room when we were watching it last <laughs> night. Oh, it's Voldemort. I was like, oh, maybe. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it just it just looked like Rafe Fiennes wearing <laughs> Voldemort's mask. I think the only thing that I am going to be, the only thing I'm upset about, the only thing I think that was a bad idea, and I, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to say outright is a bad idea, cannot be redeemed later in my eyes. It could be changed, who knows, but the cursing. I didn't care for it. They don't curse in the books. Like she, she calls her husband a prick. They use the term bastard. That's just not. Oh. That's not in there. There are so, especially Matt. He does curse, but it's all made up terms, more or less. Like he'll say like blood and ashes, or blood and bloody ashes, or you know he'll burn me like as instead of yeah. you know f it or whatever. And he gets admonished as if he's cursing, but he's not. But you know, in it's not. Whatever I can say, burn me, and no one's gonna be like that. That's weird. You shouldn't say that, but it's not offensive. And so them changing that felt a little. I don't know. Like part that's part of the charm of it was some of the colloquialisms that were in the book that seemed to be absent. So hopefully okay. those get introduced back in. I, I'm not sure. We'll see. I, I guess I didn't like. I didn't even recognize that there was like quote unquote foul language. Like I just figured that was just weird small town like i mean obviously using the term prick yeah <laughs> that's pretty obvious yeah but yeah no i didn't really i didn't really pick up on that well you i mean so. it's just a little different and yeah something that i spent a lot of time thinking about was the the pg-13 it's not a sex scene we see the before and the after if that makes sense between rand and Egwin, and that's that's just the books don't have they have very very little sexual content um and nothing for a long time um, so it's just 
it felt a little out of place, but I guess it's accelerating and changing their relationships, the relationship a little bit. And we'll see mm-hmm. where it, where it goes with it. But those were the, like, it's that type of thing. The stuff that would make like, I like the book, it might be boring to a 12 year old, but a 12 year old could watch the, could read that book. And there's nothing in it that I can think of that would be remotely offensive or remotely inappropriate. While the show is definitely aged up a little bit. It's, it's rated 16 plus, I believe. And that's probably about right. You know, so it just, it feels a little different and I, I don't mind it being grittier. I just, you know, I wanted to, I guess, capture the same vibe. So that I'm a little upset about. We'll see. Maybe I end up being wrong, but I, I somehow doubt it. I think that's just one of those where, I mean, I don't want to say that they're speaking for the author, you know, because Robert Jordan's gone. So we can't ask him, hey, would you <laughs> would you be okay if we put a sex scene in your show? I think maybe that it they're literally just working on the um, the whole concept of we've got to pump out 10 episodes. We got to put, pump out eight episodes and we know we're not going to do all the books or we're not going to be able to touch on every single one. So maybe they're, cause like, again, I don't know anything. So I don't know how that relationship is supposed to progress in future books. Uh, and you don't even have to tell me, but I wonder if they're just, they're just changing things because they're like, we've got kind of creative Liberty. I don't know. Yeah. Possibly. I think like, I think that also it's something that we don't talk about very often with shows. And I think we've discussed it off pod, at least in person, maybe that, well, we have also talked about this on pod, but representation is important. So for younger people who, or or anyone really, when you're getting into watching anything, reading is different because you can, you know, if you're reading something and it's like, oh, you know, he was dark skinned. Well, what does that really mean? Right. But when you're watching something, like you're literally getting the visual, you're getting the visual. And so... I don't know how old, like these kids, they're supposed to be 20, Yeah. right? That's how old they're all supposed to be. So when you're in your late teens, early 20s, and you're watching the show and you're like, man, I'm really confused. That whole thing of like, you're quote unquote, madly in love with somebody, right? And then your relationship changes for whatever reason. It could be because of a, a tryst or, you know, a bunch of Trollocs show up to your town, kill everyone, right? Yeah, it really just drives home the point that life isn't simple and it's not going to be easy. And so I think maybe that was the point of that is they're like, because literally as as soon as it ends, their relationship is never the same because she's like, oh, this chick offered me the ability to uh, listen to the wind. I don't even know what that means. We become the wisdom. You know, she says earlier in the episode, my my whole purpose is to protect the people of this village. And she doesn't do a whole lot of protecting. <laughs> so I don't know what's going on there. I even said that out loud. I was like, she's not doing a very good job of whatever it is that she's supposed to be doing. I think that was the, maybe that's the point of that is in order to not only further along what they're going to be experiencing because they are leaving home at a young age. Not only are they leaving home at a young age, like every single one of them's relationship is no longer the same with whoever. Homeboy kills his wife in a fit of blood rage. Well, the way you say that, like he he's being attacked by multiple Trollocs. Yeah, well, here's what I'm one saying behind is like him. He swings and without looking. Yeah, it's not like he. Yeah, he's just yeah. he's just in a berserker rage. Like he's just in the moment. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he just accidentally kills his wife. <laughs> he just and does then, it. No big deal. Yeah, he just decides to kill his wife. Matt <laughs> Cthulhu, I think is his name. Coffin or yeah, Matram Coffin or yeah. Like he sure. his parents are garbage human being. Clearly. During the Trolloc attack, when he runs into their home, he realizes that his dad left his little sisters out there alone. 
So he goes out there, and when he has to leave, like, there's, like, a lingering shot of him staring at his family, and he looks at his sisters, and, like, he's, like, their lives are going to be ruined because I'm not going to be around. So he's got to carry that baggage, right? Mm -hmm. And then the same thing with Egwene. As far as we know, the girl who was going to train her to become the Wisdom got carried off by one of those Trollocs. So she's dead. Now she's like, well, my future is gone. But now it's even worse because now I have to be stuck with this guy I just broke up with (laughs) on a road trip. Right? So I, I think like maybe that was the point of all of that is... To just like sever the length of their child, uh, the sever the link to their childhood all at once. I guess that's. I mean, that's the vibe that I got for each of them. So yeah, I completely agree. A hundred. I'm a hundred percent with you. So honestly, are you gonna watch more of this? Yeah, 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 yeah. The only reason why we didn't watch the second and third episode because it was like already nine o'clock. <laughs> well, um, yeah, podcast stuff. Well, I mean, like even like. Had we not agreed to watch, to, had we not agreed to record an episode, I probably would have watched all three. Same. Anyways. Yeah. But I would have done it like today. <laughs> we have time to do all of them. Yeah. You know, I, I would have woken up around, you know, seven o'clock, had breakfast, walked the dog. You know, it's my wife's birthday. Oh, that's Happy right. Birthday. Happy birthday, EB. And then we watched all three episodes. So. I would have done the same. And I. I'm putting it on the table. We, I mean, I do want to talk to you about it some more. Like, I it's definitely something that after we watched the three episodes, I wouldn't mind hearing if your opinions changed at all. And after all eight episodes are out, see, you know, kind of where it ends, where it, where we, if our opinions differ a whole lot, not necessarily for the podcast, but just uh, in general, maybe we'll put that out there. Okay. So two final questions, Chris. Okay. Did you have an idiot of the pilot? So I do have an idiot of the show, of the pilot, as you would. And it's the same character, but they get two different votes. And I'm going to have to get clarification from you because I didn't really understand the scene when it happened. I didn't want to rewind it because my wife hates it when I do that. (laughs) So when Nina Eve and Moraine are in the pool, the sacred pool or whatever. Yeah. She's interrogating her and asking her a bunch of questions. And I didn't really understand what the questions meant. She was an orphan brought to the village by the previous wisdom. And then that wisdom died and made her the new wisdom. What's the what's the what's the thing on that? I, I guess yeah, that's what they said. I think that okay. the the wisdom's not a it's a leadership position, but it's not a it's not necessarily handed down to the you know from mother to daughter or whatever. She just okay. happened to be qualified. Okay. The impression I got is Marine's asking her all those questions to figure out how old she is to figure mm. out if she's one of the okay. possible dragon reborn. So she's she's trying to figure out. Okay. Because she kept saying, like, she's she was like, some people would say that you're too young to be the wisdom of this village, and I don't think that. So I was just like, yeah. So, okay. That makes more sense. I think that's a big plot point in the book, or not a plot point, but a big motivation for her character. is She's a bit too gung-ho and a bit too overbearing, simply because she's mm. trying to prove herself because she is so young. Mm. Okay. But I think Moraine was just trying to figure out her age. Okay. Well, Nina Eve gets both votes... Both of my first place votes for uh, Idiot of the Show. One, because she pushes another human being off a cliff. <laughs> and that was kind of like, I didn't like, the whole time it was happening, I was like, is she going to push her? Is she going to push her? Is she going to push her? And then she did it, right? Yeah, yeah. And then and then the second part would be that she just doesn't defend the village, which, uh, again, I don't know anything about the the lore of the books, but she says to Moraine, if, if you think that my goal here, or so, so she says something to the effect that if you, if you don't think that my goal is anything but the protection of this village, you're wrong. 
and then she doesn't do anything to protect the village. What did you expect her to do? I don't like, I don't know. <laughs> like, that's my whole point is she's like, I'm here to defend the village. And then when these Trollocs attack, she just kind of runs well, away. She's there to, like, I don't think she was planning on a Trolloc attack, you know, in this sleepy little village. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I can't give it, I cannot give idiots the movie to Perrin because he killed his wife because, again, it was in the heat of battle. Yeah. Uh, and, and my wife was also confused. She's like, why do you do that? And I was like, well, he's beating this thing to death. And then he hears something behind him and he like he turns around and sees someone with their weapon above their head and he just instantly reacts like that happens in real life. It's not just happens in books. True. <laughs> the friendly true. fire is not turned off in the real world. <laughs> yeah, I don't have like I don't really have anyone to give it to besides Nina Eve. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. maybe the Trollocs, you know, because they got the killed by a bunch of rocks. Uh, those are pretty you know? big stones. I don't know, man. I'm just saying. I honestly don't think I have an idiot of the pilot. I can't think of anyone who makes a decision. I, I really don't. Maybe Matt's dad. <laughs> so that that whole, like, are you talking about the fight scene or just in general? Just in general. Don't cheat oh, on okay. your wife. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was thinking of Rand. Oh, no. Uh, You're thinking of Rand and his dad with the sword? Yeah, well, because his dad's name is Tam. Tam. And so I thought, like, Tam and Matt, Tam and Matt. Oh, no. Oh, but yeah, yeah. In front in front of the entire village. Don't cheat on your wife in front of the entire yeah, village. Yeah, that's, uh, I changed that's my mind. horrible. I changed my mind. He gets it. He's the <laughs> idiot of the show. You're right. You're absolutely right. Okay. Totally. All right. Also, don't leave your kids out in a trollic attack. Well, I, I, almost, I almost want to give it to Matt because his two sisters are hidden. I did mention this to my wife. And then... <laughs> He finds them and unhides them and then hides them again. Like he hides them better, sure, but they were already hidden. Maybe get in there with them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Rand's father, Tam Althor, I assume I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, played by the gentleman, uh, Michael Mikkel Hatton, formerly Roose Bolton from Game of Thrones. During the Trolloc attack, they burst in or whatever. And I immediately realized this dude was a badass. Because he had, he just has a spear hanging out over their mantle. He was carrying the spear in the when we first saw him when they were walking their their little cart into the village. Right, right, right. But like he snatches it off the mantle and then it stabs this thing. Yeah. Right? Uh, Rand maybe maybe doesn't have all the his marbles in his pocket because he uses a bow and arrow indoors. Was well, the first you thing know. he could grab, you know? Sure. I mean, but if you're not surfing on a, an uh, Urukai shield, you shouldn't be using a bow indoors. I'm just saying. Fair enough. No, he like immediately turns around and stabs this thing. I was like, okay, this guy was in a military at some point, or he was, he's a fighter. And then he like goes to his bed and he whips out that sword that's got the crane on it. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought that scene was really neat. The fight, like yeah. both of the fight scenes indoors, I thought were really well choreographed. Oh, yeah. With Perrin and his lady and Tam and his, his kid. And then that that old woman with the pitchfork. Heck yeah. <laughs> she, she's like, you want a piece of this? <laughs> and that's why they have British accents, Chris. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> Just so they could do that. Just so they could do that right there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So worth the price of subscription? I think so. I also think it's worth the price of subscription, but I'm also willing to change that at the drop of a hat in the next couple of episodes. So we'll see. Well, for me, just as a complete outsider, if you're familiar with the Wheel of Time, feel free to take Anthony's opinion. I mean, if you if you aren't familiar with the Wheel of Time, feel free to also take his opinion. Just know that as a complete outsider, I thought, I thought it was worth it. So. Yeah, awesome. Well, 
if any of y'all have watched this show or read the books or both and want to share your opinions, we would love to hear them. Please email us, scifiwiseguys at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on social media. We are at scifiwiseguys on Twitter and Instagram. There's also the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast group on Facebook, if you feel so inclined. Also, let us know if there's anything else we should watch. Anything science fiction or science fiction adjacent, as long as it's straight to stream, we'll check a look at it. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate if you'd hit the little subscribe button, the heart, the follow, whatever it is to get notified when new episodes come out every Monday and the occasional Thursday episode as you're listening today. We appreciate the support. And of course, the biggest and the best way you can support any indie podcast is just by sharing us with your friends. And then share us with your enemies. Yes, everyone deserves to listen to us. <laughs> and if you really, really, really liked what you heard, you got to go that extra mile. You want to support us more. You can actually head on over to patreon.com forward slash sci-fi wise guys, become a patron, get access to episodes early, as well as member exclusive content. And we just want to say stay healthy. Stay hydrated. And if you ever find yourself in the middle of a trollic attack, don't leave your kids out there. Yeah, don't abandon your children. Be a man and die trying to save them. Yeah, come on. (laughs) This is a low bar we're setting. (laughs) (laughs) It's the bare minimum. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I'll be well, right back, actually. Hold on. While Chris is gone, I'm going to describe to you his room. He has a guitar. He has two floating shelves. One has a painting of some cactuses on it. Uh, there's a couple of hats. I can't uh, quite make out what the hats are. It's, uh, there are two very useless sound dampening panels. Two uh, I can't cacti. see what's on the top uh, uh, shelf yeah. as it is cut off by his camera. The, the um, middle He's wearing a white headset. Oh, there's a succulent. There are succulents on the in the photo. I can't can't tell through the mic. There's two cacti and then a succulent. It might actually that painting be he has a, done. Uh, aloe vera plant, to be honest. Yeah. He's wearing the a sound green panels tank top. Aren't worthless because they literally absorb the sound directly reflected by my monitors. Oh, from your monitors, yes. <laughs> and Chris is back, and we can continue the podcast.